This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode brought to you by HelloFlesh. Get fresh and mouth-watering brains delivered right to your door with HelloFlesh, America's number one zombie meal kit. HelloFlesh. Let's skip those trips to the local high school or army encampments and get fully functioning, live brains in a fun and affordable way versus running down survivors of the zombie apocalypse. And it's more convenient. So go to HelloFlesh.com slash HMT and use code HMT to get a total of 80% off your first month, including free shipping of your first human. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. Hello, welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Your hosts today are me, Doctor Bryce Hansen, and across from me sits <laughs> Emma Thompson <laughs> via Skype. You don't get David day to day. Fuck that guy. Yeah, who needs him? Uh, David is camping right now, so we are having a guest co-host, the lovely Emma from Nightlight Horror Movie Club podcast, yep. and we had her sister Kate. Is that right, mm-hmm. Kate? Okay, good. Yep. Um, <laughs> on a couple of weeks ago, um, a lot of you loved her, and uh, I know you've been sending some people your way because I think um, it's a really good. Uh, I mean, we love your podcast, and it's yeah. simpatico. Like it's the uh, <laughs> the the yin to our yang. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels a little bit like brother and sistery. So we yeah. have. All the lady vibes on our end and the sister vibes. And then from listening to your podcast and then even just like hearing Kate on it, I was like, oh, I'm, I, I see the other half of this for sure. Right. Yeah. Synergistic in a way. Yeah. I mean, we get lots of <laughs> input of uh, we're we're a little much for our female listeners sometimes. <laughs> like the I mean, female perspective ab- is is less than, you know represented so every time we have like my wife or any female really they're like thank god (laughs) any of the lady folk yeah i didn't realize it but i think we have a strong um 
the majority of our listeners are women, which I guess like checks out when you think about it. But I, we really had no idea until pretty recently. And then I don't think we fully realized how much we talk about musicals until David was on our podcast. Right. And was like, <laughs> I think of y'all as the musical friendly podcast. Right. Well, that's also, I mean, David, it's emphasized with David because he hates musicals. Like, yeah, I have, <laughs> I put that together. He just can't, it, he can't do it. He can't deal. Um, yeah, I mean, our our listenership is a majority male. I think it's about two thirds men, one third women. But I'll tell you what, the women uh, subscribers that stick it through, they're some of the most loyal and and like most supportive. They're yeah, just, I believe it. They're a they're a special breed. <laughs> they can put up There's with like us. A completely unrelated, like I guess, relationship podcast uh, advice kind of thing podcast I listen to, and um, it's by a guy, and it's very very guy yeah um, but i like listening to it because it gives me like huh that's what they're oh thinking. that's how guys think oh okay that's that's way more straightforward than <laughs> i think sometimes the way girls kind of convolute things at times right yeah it's <laughs> it's very much so like um they said they'd do the thing and why didn't they do the thing <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much it and then <laughs> when the girl callers are like people email in they'll you know and then like he he like blinked twice but like he took about five seconds before he responded and <laughs> the host is like no 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 cut all of that like, none of that means anything the thing he said is probably the thing he meant right um okay let's a uh, couple of housekeeping things to get out of the way um if you're new to the podcast or movie talk um, you really need to check out our community on Facebook and all of our other social media, but mostly on Facebook. Our Facebook group is great. We got some of the very best uh, listeners and a great community there. Uh, very, very active. Impressive. Yeah, I know. We were pretty surprised at how, yeah, how no, good it I turned out. It recently, and I was like, wow, this is popping off here. We had a Facebook page for like two years and probably got about maybe two or three comments if we were lucky on our posts and then i realized like oh facebook groups that's what everyone yeah, does now i like forgot that there was a difference and then kate was like oh you should check out their facebook group and i was like oh and then i, I was like i think i follow them and she's like no no no, they're group right and then I, I looked into it, i was like oh wow no this is very lively yeah it's it's like a bittersweet thing because i hate facebook but the facebook group is the most active part of yeah. our community um our website's horrormovietalk.com. You'll find links to all of the things as well as all of our past episodes and blogs. Um, want to mention every second Saturday of the month we do a watch party. Um, we just did one on a new platform called Stream Something. <laughs> it's very memorable. Very impactful. It was a brand new thing and it worked out really <laughs> cool, but we'll probably do that again. Um, we post new episodes every Wednesday. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. We've got a great show today. We're reviewing Anna and the Apocalypse. Yes, I had not heard it before, before it became um, the topic. Yeah, I remember when it came out. Um, oh, wait. It says it's 2017, but I think it came out in the U.S. Like in theaters. It was like 18 or 19, because I remember when it was a new release and I was like okay David's never going to go to this cuz we try to we try to uh prefer new releases. Yeah, um, like this is dead on arrival. Yeah. Um 
speaking of which, we should be reviewing the the new escape room shortly. Um, yeah, we'll, that we'll, is my fault. <laughs> I um I we were originally going to cover that in this episode, and I um started me- or not medical school. Thank God, I'm done with that. I have a job now, and I'm an intern at a hospital, so. Um, our hours are not always super conducive to going to movies, and unfortunately, this week was one of those. Sure, saving people. I mean, get your priorities straight. You should be watching <laughs> horror movies. I'm so sorry. I have to leave now. There's actually a new release I need to go see. <laughs> I need to see By a sequel way, to a middling horror, horror movie. <laughs> it's very important. Um, if you're new to the show, again, uh, we start out by giving a brief review on our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 mean, being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks but doesn't impress, and 10 being so good it, it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later on, we'll be doing a couple bits, um, horror movie whores, which is our voicemail. <laughs> And then uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game, um, where, well, I'll enter that when we get to it. It'll be oh. fun. Emma gets to play, and, and we'll all judge her on how, she, how good <laughs> she does. I, I love being judged by people I right. don't know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we rented Anna and the Apocalypse. Where, where did you rent it? I rented it on Amazon. Okay. I did a uh, Voodoo. Um, it's on all the places uh, to rent. It was rent. more than the the average two dollars. So I was like, "What's going on here?" But I guess it's a smaller movie, so interesting. You know, huh. Happy to get throw a couple bucks their way. Nice. Um, here is the trailer. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Young Anna was nestled, all snug in her bed. Not knowing tomorrow, she'd meet the undead. How would she survive? What this season would bring? Well, that's simple. She'd stab, she'd slash, and she'd sing. Justin Bieber's a zombie. Okay, so um, Anna and the Apocalypse takes place in a little town in England during Christmas. Uh, I think it's called Little Haven. I'm not sure if that's an actual place or not. Sounds British. Anna and her friends are finishing up their last year at high school, or as the English call it, Chumbumbly School. During the Christmas (laughs) show, a zombie apocalypse breaks out, and the next morning all the people have to go from one place to another, and they sing about it. Yeah, that's, in a nutshell. That's my synopsis. So this film is touted as the Shaun of the Dead, as Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land, but it's really Shaun of the Dead meets High School Musical, except totally. not as funny and with less memorable songs. 
<laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it takes almost a third of the runtime to get to the actual zombie apocalypse, which is way too long, in my opinion. I was expecting more because it had a relatively high Rotten Tomatoes score, but for me it fell flat. It was super generic. Um, had super generic characters along with super generic songs executing a super generic zombie apocalypse plot. Um, it wasn't all bad. They didn't skimp on the gore and the dread, even though the latter is kind of undermined by the cast singing poppy songs after losing loved ones. Um, there are some standout songs that did work for me. Soldier at War that sounded like a 80s pump-up song. Um, like straight out of a Karate Kid movie. Yeah, very much. And the Fish Rap, which is a throwaway song from the Christmas show, which is <laughs> oh, my probably favorite my favorite. Yeah, it was the best song. It was. <laughs> I was like, wait, more of this. Exactly. Um, the Petty and Ruthless Headmaster was a fun villain, but he was relegated to the B story line most of the film. Um, wish they'd gone all out or all in on the humor and the music. The music's only 38 minutes of the hour and 33 minute runtime. Um, I guess that's comparable to a lot of the recent musicals, but it feels kind of sparse here. So if you're thinking about like Mary Poppins, like the music is about half of it, about half of the yeah. runtime. And or like, if you're comparing it to like in the Heights is like a recent musical, right? Out. It has a lot of, story but the story is like dense you know there's like 10 different storylines going on so it would make sense if it was you know kind of that proportion of runtime versus this one which is really if it's a musical it should be a musical right um the humor was even more sparse uh but mostly because they painted themselves into the corner by killing off a lot of characters in tragic ways so it's they're kind of towing the line between a lot of like competing um themes which is they wanted a real horror movie with like mm -hmm. like a real zombie apocalypse movie with like all that dread and the and the violence but they also want a musical and then they also want to be kind of humorous like Shaun of the Dead yeah and you can't be super violent and gory um with like actual consequences um throughout the movie and still be funny for the whole movie. Right. And then also you can't have like the super violent and gory stuff and not like have that kind of compromise the musical aspects of it. Yeah. So I, I felt like Shaun of the Dead, which, um, so just like a, a big, um, asterisk that I like on horror movie or on nightly horror movie club, I am like the, scaredy cat part of it and uh -huh. actually i'm like averse to a lot of horror movies um i like true crime a lot but i and i don't it's not the gore it's like i get like i get scared and then i get sometimes bored with storylines like typical like ghost movies mm. i feel like a lot of time like a haunted house nothing's gonna happen till the last 10 minutes so mm. like I, I struggle to like enjoy those right um and then of course they get scared so that's kind of a big thing but um i think with with when we covered Shaun of the Dead on um, Nightlight Horror Movie Club, it was like I was so pleasantly surprised because it was. I thought it did a really good job, and I don't know what your feelings are on that movie, but I I personally thought like it did a very good job of being funny and being a zombie movie, which is my first time seeing that outside of. I think I've watched part of Tucker and Dale, mm. um, and this one I thought it felt almost like a little transparently like I was trying to do the same thing. 
Um, but it didn't feel as well executed. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, the intro, like the opening stuff was almost straight out of Shaun of the Dead, which is probably because they're both parroting, you know, the certain zombie mm-hmm. movies or whatever, but I'm, I'm pretty sure like Shaun of the Dead was, um, definitely on the mind of the, the director and, and writer. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I looked it up because I was curious. Because there were two things that came to mind when I was watching this movie. I thought of... Shaun of the Dead, obviously, because it's, you know, a, a parody of zombies. Uh-huh. And then I also was thinking about, um, I like, uh, my family's got big, we were big Buffy watchers, like Buffy mm, the Vampire Slayer. Right. And there's an episode in season six, six called Once More with Feeling, where they just do like an episode that's a musical. Yeah. Um, and so I felt like there was a song that she sang about, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like whenever she was about to go say, uh, well, it was in... There's a song she sings towards the end where she's kind of, I think it's called Give Them a Show. Mm. And that felt like very, very similar in a lot of ways to to that, the musical episode of Buffy. Yeah. And so I felt like a lot of that, I've, there's like a, that line between inspiration and like pulling too much. Right. And I felt like that song pulled too much. I felt like there's a song in here where she's singing about, you know, she's singing about what a beautiful day she's having. And obviously there's a lot of Uh chaos going on behind her. And I felt like that was almost too much taking the same joke from Shaun of the Dead. Cause I feel like you can parody in a lot of ways, but you don't, how many people parody a million different things? How many comedians are there that, you know, tell the same jokes or talk about the same content, but tell it differently. And I didn't feel like this was telling it differently, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I agree. Like the, you know, leaning forward and turning off the radio, the news when they're talking mm-hmm. about like a virus outbreak is super tropey. But that's like almost that that whole feeling is is heavily uh, taken from Shaun of the Dead. And yeah, mm-hmm. the kind of happy and just completely oblivious to all the chaos going on around him is is definitely from Shaun of the Dead. <clears throat> Um, I know that they they mentioned that that Buffy episode was definitely a, a heavy influence, so it's not too surprising that they you know kind yeah. of stole from that. Um, I don't know. I mean, overall, I think it's okay, but I'm not going to watch it again. Um, I was kind of disappointed in the musical aspects of it. Um, I give it a five out of ten. <laughs> okay. I was thinking about this because I, I know about y'all's scoring. Um, and I was thinking, okay, is this like just completely average? Um, but I watched it again. I feel like you can rate on so many different things. Um, I was toggling between, I kind of want to give it like a 5.5. Mm. 
if that's possible, can I do? Can no, I do an you got to you got to make a choice. <laughs> Fine, then I'll give it a six. Um, which I give it a six just because I've never seen like a zombie musical, so mm. I I give it credit for doing something new in that regard. Um, but I can't give it more than that because once it was doing like the zombie musical thing, I felt like it was. I felt like it was no longer doing anything else. Like it was just doing zombie musical and the songs, whenever people actually started singing, which didn't seem to happen for a while, Mm -hmm. it felt like this, they were like, the songs weren't that good. And then I was kind of like, okay, like I kind of assumed that going in, if you were going to do a a musical, the songs would be very right. Good. developed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it felt very high school musical, which despite being um, a female who was very much of that age when high school musical came out, I actually was not a fan of high school musical. Yeah. Yeah. The songs are, I mean, can you name any memorable songs like from this? Like, is there anything that's stuck in your head? Um, I can't name any. Oh, I liked the... Um, I don't know what the name of it was. I liked the soldier song that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was probably the most entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, also like you, so it tickled me that you had the same ones. I liked like the stupid song that they played that they were doing during the um, Christmas right. like talent show, which was not supposed to be like it was kind of like Mean Girls whenever they have like Kevin does the rap. Oh uh, yeah, the so they had the penguin rap, and then even the 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 girls. The friend song, like the Santa baby kind of song, that one was pretty good. Like I could, yeah, I like that one was funny. I liked like all of like the very, very, very thinly veiled innuendos. (laughs) Right. I think I wrote down like that because like I was still kind of in at that point. Uh I was. I think one of my favorite ones was warmed your milk and made you your favorite snack. So come on over, unload your snack. Yeah. That's pretty great. I like the 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 cut back to I guess it was her dad or maybe it was just someone in the audience who had the like I'm a veteran pin on Uh and was just kinda like nodding along Uh and like enjoying himself. Just an old guy that that. like just flew over his head and he's like, Yeah, Yeah. this is a pleasant song. (laughs) What a (laughs) bump. Um (laughs) Yeah. I yeah, I mean most of the songs like uh um they're kinda I don't know. I'm I'm a uh, I have training as a singer. I, I have a bachelor's bachelor's degree in vocal oh, performance. Oh wow, that I did not know. So I have a pretty high standard for singing, and it just bothers well, I mean, me, if, especially if it's going to be a musical, you know. Right, it, and it just bothers me when it's like um, auto tuned to the point where you can like hear the digital artifacts of like. Yeah. Okay, everyone is right in the center of the pitch, like, and sounds the exact same volume throughout the entire song. So it's like super compressed, super corrected. And that just sounds less human. Yeah. Um, and like if you're, it's not like you're being T-Pain where you're using it as like right. an art. And then later you go on tiny desk concerts and show that you can sing <laughs> right. wickedly well, you know, like you're not, it's not, I mean, that's the annoying part. Uh, that's the annoying part. I'm sure that all these people are capable singers. Well, most of them. I, I, I bet a lot of them are capable singers to where if they didn't have it, like it would still sound good. Yeah. Um, especially since they're recording in the studio. I mean, they got plenty of time to like get it right. You know, yeah, it's not, like the, they didn't the lay miserable at where they're like shooting it live. 
you know? Yeah. Which, why, like, what, why did you do that? But that's a whole nother conversation. But, um, like, I think the reason I liked the soldier song was uh, at one point he's like doing a falsetto and I was just like, Oh, like I was impressed. Mm -hmm. And I felt like so many of the songs had the same. I don't know that much about music. I play piano, but I definitely don't know a whole lot about music. And it just felt like all of the songs had the same like range, except for like when he was doing the falsetto in that one song. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of like kind of generic pop uh, electronic backing and kind of like one chord songs where they're just kind of Mm -hmm. meandering around the note. It's kind of uh, like it would be mostly, oh, it's been a while. I can't remember what they what they call it. But there's well, like anyway. <laughs> there's like the aria singing. There's like the actual art singing, and then in opera or musicals, and then there's just like the dialogue singing, where you're just like, yeah. um, doing exposition. And yeah. most of the songs sounded more like we're just talking right now, even though they're supposed to be, you know, actual interesting songs. Um, I feel like as I'm talking about it, I keep ta- thinking of all the like things that I struggled with, which makes me want to bring it down to a five, but I feel like there's no take backsies, so I'll keep it at a six. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. We can do take backsies. Uh, I might bring it back down to a five yeah. because I think if it wasn't a musical, then I would like be below a five. Like if there wasn't, if there wasn't that to keep it fresh and bring it back to average, there were a lot of things that like that I didn't love. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought I was going to like this more because I was like, Oh, it's a musical. Like mm-hmm. that's exciting. And then, um, then in the first couple seconds, I was like, oh, and it's British. Like I tend to like, like British comedy. And so I was more inclined from there, but like the songs, even, um, apart from the singing and what we might have to say about that, the choreography I thought wasn't good. Um, and I don't, I feel you could do choreography. I don't, I don't want to say easily. I mean, I'm not a choreographer, yeah. but like some of it was so like, I don't know, like whenever there was a, there's a song where there's two characters kind of dancing towards each other. Right. And in the one sense, it seemed like they were trying to, I guess, be in character. So have mm-hmm. them dance more like they would dance coming together. But then I felt like because you're singing and that's obviously not really happening, you should like, I wanted the choreographed component with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I mean the choreography, there's no like real big, you know, numbers where there's a group dance number or anything. But, but they there, kind of attempted it in that one, um, like the cafeteria scene, which was also a very high school musical. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's, uh, before we get too into it, um, and get into spoilers, let's, um, plug a couple things. First, I want to talk about nightchannels.com. It's an awesome website. Have you been to nightchannels.com, Emma? I have not, but I'm very curious. So they sell like just awesome niche t-shirts. They they focus on um horror movies and metal and occult and like alternative kind of lifestyle stuff and they they've got nice. a bunch of designs that you're not going to find out you're not going to find anywhere else uh very affordably priced and made even more affordable if you use the code HMT at checkout and you'll get 13% ah. off. And really, honestly, all we ask people to do, um, we don't ask you to buy anything. We ask you to go to nightchannels.com and browse because okay. once you browse, you're going to find something you want to buy anyways. Like I I went there and I'm not like a huge, you know, <laughs> fashion or shopper or, shopper <laughs> or for, for clothes or even like for like 
yeah, anyways, like, but I found in short order, like five shirts that I had to have. So just go to yeah. nightchannels.com, browse around. You'll find something you love when you check out use code HMT and you'll get 13% off the spookiest percentage. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. I will definitely check it out. I um, could definitely do with just a couple of, of um, like classic horror uh, shirts to, because it's a great conversation starter. I feel like having a shirt that someone that that someone says, "Oh, like, do you like horror or do you like X Y Z?" I feel like is always a good way of like starting a conversation with somebody. Right. Yeah, it's it's um, they they got really cool stuff like that, like obscure movies like that you're not gonna find it Hot Topic or something like Videodrome mm-hmm. or or a House or um. Just just other stuff. It's really cool. You should check them out. Yeah, um, another longtime sponsor that we love is Shudder. Shudder.com is the streaming service with the best selection of horror, thriller, and supernatural movies, series, and originals from Hollywood favorites and cult classics to original series and critically acclaimed new genre films you won't find anywhere else. Streaming uncut and commercial-free right to your favorite devices. On our last second Saturday Watch party. We watched Psycho Goreman on Shutter, and uh, yeah, they've got a lot of um, kind of uh, on the fringes um, horror ones, horror movies that um, other platforms just aren't going to care about or like put out um, stuff like Mandy, um, Psycho Goreman. Um, other notable titles right now is George A. Romero's The Amusement Park, which is a Ooh. like kind of a recently discovered lost film from him. Uh, Super Deep, The Unique Grave, Vicious Fun, Near Dark, Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah, that's that's one that's been recommended by our listeners, mm-hmm. so I'd, it would definitely be good. Uh, Piranha from nineteen seventy eight. Lots of lots of great movies. Um, you can stream. All of them for only five ninety nine a month or fifty six ninety nine a year. But for our listeners, we have a fantastic deal. We'll get you a thirty day free trial instead of the shitty seven day free trial. <laughs> so you get like you know three more weeks of of uh, free viewing on Shutter Shutter dot com if you go. There and use promo code HMT at shutter.com. That's they asked me to sh- spell it out because they have very little um, faith in us. S H U D D E R.com. So go check them out. You, I mean, if you're a listener to this podcast, you probably have heard shutter.com before. I've heard, as someone who is well frightened by horror movies, <clears throat> I've heard of shutter.com. And I have to make sure if I don't have a subscription that at least Kate does. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. So Shutter. What else we got? Um, if you're listening to these commercials and you're like, wow, these are taking way too long. You should know that you don't have to. <laughs> if you go to our Patreon, there's a um, a perk level where you don't have to listen to commercials and you get early access to our episodes whenever we finish editing them. Which for David is usually like Saturday afternoon, and for me is usually like Tuesday at eleven. <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, about right. Um, 
So go to patreon.com. Uh, we got a great community there and lots of perks like, again, early access. But we have a whole separate podcast called The Afterpod where we just leave the mics running and me and Emma are going to be talking after the show and you can listen to us there if you sign up. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we have some T-shirts available at our website at horrormovietalk.com slash shop. Um, I want a shirt. Oh, yeah. Go for it. I, yeah, I'm going to definitely, as soon as I, I guess I finish the... Um the after show i'll be i'll be there okay um we also i think we even have some some women's sizes still we did we did the like unisex and women's print and realized like oh yeah (laughs) there's a lot of inventory to like uh, you know only target a third of our audience so well i feel like maybe um just from the uh maybe this is from residual from basic college girl days but I love like a unisex right. large shirt. Yeah, it's just multi-purpose. Yeah, so. a lot of women were getting the unisex anyways. Um, I think the the women's sizes did pretty good, but I don't think we're going to order them again. Um, so yeah, go there. Also, as always, check out our resident artist Dustin Goble. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions <laughs> for artwork from HMT fans. So contact him on Instagram at dgobel 0 That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. That one I do need to spell out. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's fair. Yeah. Uh, and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. He's done some commissions for our, for our fans that just look awesome. Like he did a, a Cannibal the Musical um, oh, thing and he did... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I can't remember what the other one was, but they're they're always fantastic. He's he's an amazing artist. If you haven't seen his his uh, artwork for our creep episode, oh, man, it's my favorite yeah. one he's done yet. It's just really. I'm gonna look right now. Just. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Chef's kiss. High praise. Yeah. Um, it's when uh, Mark Duplass is in the in the in the tub doing tubby time, squeezing. Oh my god, I love it. I uh, I actually, despite being frightened by horror movies, I I really liked Creep. Yeah, Creep is fantastic. Um, our voicemail number again is six eight two two five three four four six eight. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Okay. I forgot my sound effect. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, let's let's talk 
more about Anna and the Apocalypse. So the music was pretty lackluster. Um, first of all, I want you were you were casting some shade on Les Miserables, the movie. I was. What? See, I love the fact that they recorded it live for the most part. Very interesting. Um, um I guess like because I used to listen to um, Les Mis in the car. Like I can't. I guess one of it was one of the British recordings. Um, but I used I used to listen to it in the car. My mom would always play it, and so I was very like I knew all the songs and stuff. And I just don't. I know this is not an original take, but I don't understand why they made Russell Crowe sing. Like, yeah. Why? It was that was the worst casting that they did. I mean, that was. Like, I mean, they had some amazing, amazing people on the cast, no doubt, and some great singers. Yeah. But Russell Crowe was just, just really, was I struggled. Yeah, I can't see, you know, okay, in Russell Crowe's defense, he's not a terrible singer. He's not no. a singer in this style at all. Like, he's a, you know, rock or, yeah. you know, folk pop singer where he gets up with his band and stuff. Not not like a musical theater singer and Javert is such an important role and is such yes. like a um you need to have such a strong presence in the voice for it to like really Work. sell how yeah how intimidating he is and Russell Crowe just could not sell it because it was uh, he just doesn't have the power in his voice and you know they had to like uh, they had to auto-tune it to shit and so it just sounded Exactly. artificial like, yeah um but yeah that's one thing um they should have done like a um a my fair lady where they just like had a different singer sing the song like i would i know that right. been maybe like a little bit rude to russell crow but it just seemed unfair yeah yeah they really they really should have i think people would have well i don't know i mean they did that with uh george clooney in, in uh what's it called I, I want to say no country for old men, but that's not right. God damn it! The fair, the 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 oh, Coen Santa Brothers the movie. No, the oh, Coen the Brothers Con- movie. Um, oh brother, where art where art thou? Like, oh yeah, 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 that was dubbed over, and they found a voice close enough to George Clooney where you're like, is uh, it yeah, him? Well, I didn't know that he was dubbed over, so I bought it. Yeah, there you go. Um, so the the thing I liked about Les Miserables, we're going off on a tangent, but. Like the yeah, fact that they, who hates musicals. the fact that they recorded it live while they were shooting, um, I think that really worked because it added the level of like live performance, mm-hmm. um, and like the attachment to the image more than any other musical. But with that, there's like some compromises that you wouldn't have thought of. Like movies have to do a lot of takes, and yeah. as a singer, like you can't be singing all day. Like you got yeah. a limited amount of voice per day. And there's some, some really important numbers with Hugh Jackman that you could just tell like, Oh my God, his he voice is so times. tired. Like bring him oh, home. Poor thing. Bring him home is <laughs> yeah. such an important song. And he was like, Oh, poor guy. You must be yeah. singing like all day <laughs> that. And just well, Hugh Jackman actually- was kind of on the end of his like, I don't know how much it is like voice being tired because of the way they shot or voice being tired just because he's getting older and, you know, having, well, he did, I think greatest show on earth. If that, is that the right name of it? Yeah. 
He did that afterwards, and that was a mu- I actually haven't seen it, but that was a musical, right? Yeah, it's awful. Ugh. Okay, well, maybe I, I will never see it. <laughs> I it was it was well, I'm not the target audience for it. I think that was the thing I got from leaving the theater. Um, that one is an interesting that was thing. For someone else. <laughs> yeah, it's for a younger crowd. Um, yeah. but it was basically a bunch of like power ballads and celebratory songs that could have could be on the radio and completely separated from the movie which they are i mean they're like people listen to them all the time and love the soundtrack but in terms of like a musical and telling the story it doesn't really help out that much yeah and i feel like i'm super character driven with like what i like so i feel like that it's not the right fit for me yeah and then just it was just bothered me so much that they're talking about you know uh pt barnum and painting him as this like family man, man of the people that was like really behind all these, you know, people and defending these freaks and whatnot as not. And you're like, that's not the character of PT Barnum. He was. Yeah. I know a limited amount about PT Barnum, but what I know is not positive. Yeah. He's, he's exploitative and (laughs) like, that's the whole point. He's a, He's a, a huckster, mostly. Yeah, you know? for sure. And it was not that was not a, like a pleasant time. People weren't like, I don't know, like oh, I I love my job as a carnival, like a yeah. um, carny. Like yeah. no one no one said that. Yeah. So I mean that that just bothered me. I'm like, you could make a really interesting musical out of this and make P.T. Barnum kind of a monster, but no, they just wanted it like, oh yeah, love yourself. This is great. Showtime. I think I'll I'll pass. Thank you for watching that for me and (laughs) saving me. All right. Anyways, Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, In the trailer, it says, feel good Christmas hit. I thought that was like, Um, (laughs) um, feel good? I don't know about that. Are we in the spoiler zone yet? Yeah, we're in the spoilers. Okay. So I thought at the beginning, I was like, this is obviously going to be a feel good light. No one's going to really die uh-huh. because that's the vibe they're setting. Right. And that is not the case mm-hmm. at all. Like, and right. so they're, they're, they're trying to hit a lot of tones. I actually do like think this would be better as a, like a, like a musical, like mm. yeah. on Broadway or something, because there's plenty of musicals that like aren't my cup of tea, but people love them. They're just like lighter, not as mm-hmm. plot heavy, like, you know, just like hear some bops. Like it's fun yeah. to be at it. It's fun to watch a musical in general. And I feel like this could pass in. It's fun to watch, watch, watch a musical. There could be some really cool, like special effects with, or like um, stage effects, right. with, like murdering zombies. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like you could do something with that. And I think that whenever you translate that into a movie, I think that's where it kind of gets thin. Yeah. I mean, it's a great concept. I really was rooting for it. And I mean, you, you go away and, and kind of like the best, but also like um, um, underhanded compliment you could give this movie would be it's cute, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's mostly what you get. You're like, oh, that's cute, good for them. But it's not. Yeah. You don't like take it away anything. as like, wow, that was great. Um, I think some better writing would have helped. Like um, when they're trying to develop the relationship between um, the two characters, Anna and then John, who is her mm-hmm. like best friend. Um, this whole, I don't know the reindeers thing. I do not buy like everyone knows the reindeer. Right. Do you, 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 you could list all the reindeers right now. If uh, maybe push came to show. 
There's How many? a song. There's, um, I don't know. Uh, let's see. So let's see if I can. Dancer. Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Donner. <laughs> okay, I stand correct. Mm, I mean, something Cupid and Vixen. How many are there? <laughs> R- Dasher Rudolph. And there's Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. Oh, okay, yeah. But do you recall like that? All right. <laughs> maybe okay. Maybe maybe that was just a me thing, and that is realistic. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, it was it was good enough. It was kind of corny, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the relationships and and the character development is um, kind of lackluster. They don't really hit anything home. They don't really like underline very much about what you're supposed to take away from who this person is and what their relationship is and, and where the status is. I mean, the closest we get is with Anna and John, they're friends and John wants to be it to be something more. And Anna is like, uh, no, your friend zone guy. And he's like, yeah. Oh, all right, well, there we go. And then it doesn't do anything after that, you know? Yeah, I thought I thought that that was going to be more of a... I thought that was going to develop, particularly with the tension of the world ending. I thought he'd, like, want to share his feelings like, and just be like, right. I have to get this out. I thought that was going to be more of a storyline. Yeah. I also thought... It'd almost be like you could make a song about it. Yeah, you could. <laughs> <laughs> One might say you could write a song about it. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, like, then- part of, like, what a musical does is, like, you use the songs and the music to express how people are feeling and what yeah. what they want. And you this one is more out. like just situational of like, yay, it's great to be alive. Yeah. And or like there was a song that was probably my least favorite called Human Voice. That was them all singing about loneliness. But like right. it didn't make sense to me. So I was like, well, this person has four other people in the room with right. her. And one's her very best friend. So, like, it, it, it doesn't quite seem... Like, she could have sung about her dad and how she misses her dad, and that could have developed that more. I um, mean, there's there's a little bit of irony in that song that I appreciated, which was it's they all lost connection. They all lost, like, yeah. the internet connection, and that's what mm-hmm. they're bemoaning is, like, I can't... I can't reach <laughs> I can't anyone. Insta. My phone. I can't TikTok this. Yeah, <laughs> which... If they went all in on that irony and like made it about, oh God, I can't do social media, like that would have been funny. But it's like, yeah, yeah, like you said, it's about loneliness and they're all like together, kind of relatively having fun. You know, it's not like, it's not like they're completely miserable. Not that you can tell about their situation. Um, So, so another example of like, what are they going for here? Tell me what you think about the character of Steph. So Steph's the blonde mm-hmm. who, um, I didn't fully understand her character. Yeah. Um, because like I, so just, so she is, Steph is, she's kind of a transplant. She's recently moved to the school and, um, gets kind of picked on and her, family travels a lot or is not around was my understanding i think her father got remarried and like immediately left her on vacation or something like that Yeah, so she's like for all um for all purposes she's kind of alone um and i and so she ends up at the initially in the story she is the um one of the friends in um, anna's friend group is going to go help her to kind of like film something because she's doing she's like into 
like uh, reporting kind of. Mm -hmm. And so then they get stuck together when the apocalypse hits and then they rejoined sort of the main friend group. And then now she's kind of an extension. And I, I think her, like her progression in the story was that she kind of found company and she found like, she found her place. Mm -hmm. So I guess where that was kind of where her storyline was going. I was, I didn't feel like I knew her even when I got to the end of the story. And I don't mean to like rip, I don't mean to like rip into this. I didn't think it was a horrible movie. I just felt like, on, if we say that like a five is just very average, right. I felt like my understanding of her was like very, very average. Like what I've just said about her is all I, all I can right. say about her. Right. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> it took me till reading the IMDB before I realized like, oh, she's American. I, <laughs> I didn't even. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't even think about it because I, I was like, oh yeah, I guess her accent is American, isn't it? Yeah. I um, didn't even pick that up. And then wow. I, she's. I think they're trying to sell her as kind of the quirky, nerdy, loner person. I, from appearances, I, I wrote down my notes, teenage Tilda Swinton, just because. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a definite definite likeness, I will say. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just a really good example of kind of ticking the box, but not really selling it, of like what this character is supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where, the more they um, confine the character to an archetype, the better it works. So, mm-hmm. um, who is it? Uh, ben, ben Wiggins plays Nick. He's like the a-hole um, yeah. ex or guy that, that fucked Anna and yeah, she it, feels embarrassed about. They, He's. I didn't find out that they had dated until like the last, yeah. I guess, 20 minutes. So he his character is just like, just cut and dried. He's he's the asshole. He's like the bully kind of guy um, with a big head. And he works, you know, like that. That works yeah. as, a, as a character. Um, same with um, Paul Kay, who plays Arthur Savage, which is the headmaster. The headmaster is more of like a cartoonish villain kind mm-hmm. of a-hole. And that works, too. And yeah, I liked, I liked his character. I, it was, it was very like, um, I, going back to Buffy, Buffy, I feel like d- does this thing throughout the series where it's like, okay, we're going to make this idea that the high school is hell, very literal. We're going to put a hell mouth, um, underneath the high school. Like it's a whole high school is hell thing. And I think Savage works because he is the, the worst version of that annoying headmaster who has arbitrary rules. Right that he suppresses you with. I feel like he did that kind of well. And I, one thing I did like about this movie, I liked that he became unhinged so quickly. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. I, liked, I liked how he developed. I feel like he kind of developed a little bit in the story, and I liked that. Yeah, I wish they would have used him more. Like, it's it's so weird that they put him in the B storyline. That it's not... Mm-hmm. That all the focus is put on Anna and her group of friends as they're trying to make their way back to the school. 
and that's kind of the least interesting part of the movie. It'd be yeah, much more no, interesting seeing like the school devolve around the headmaster and him like completely, um, you know, uh, backstabbing him. Which, yeah, I like this idea of of um, Savage, who, or I guess he's not the headmaster. He's the he's the so vice the principal, but he's going to well, be headmaster like next year. He, yeah, he's essentially the headmaster. Um, I liked that he was so controlling, and I liked this idea that he was trying. Like people, so whenever the apocalypse hit, people were kind of locked in because they had had that mm-hmm. um, talent show the night before, and so um, Anna's dad, who's the janitor there is locked in and, and various other people like the woman who, or the girl who's the, the best friend of Anna, I guess, presume best friend, um, Lisa, who sang the, sang the great slutty uh-huh. Christmas song. We, we will all be um, singing to our grandmas at Christmas. Right. Um, but I, I liked whenever he was like, actually y'all can't leave. Like this is against the rules. Like, like we need to follow protocol. I liked all right. of that. And I like wanted to see, I wish I could have seen how that devolved. Right. Exactly. When you get there, it's already devolved. But I was like, that, like, to me, that was interesting because I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I saw in the IMDb, and I think in the uncut or director's edition, they, they have another musical number where it's Anna's dad versus the headmaster and basically saying, you know, me or him kind of thing. Who are you going to follow? Yeah. Which is kind of needed, but apparently they cut it out just because it slowed down the plot and they wanted to focus mm-hmm. more on the the a storyline um the other thing that they cut out which now i realize like yeah that's kind of an important thing that they didn't include which was the opening musical number oh like the the opening music if you're gonna have a mute um well i think i don't think it's a like expositional it was i read that it was like there was like a drunk santa stumbling around the town (laughs) And it's kind of a generic, like, what a great time to be alive kind of song. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to have a musical, the first number is pretty important Yeah. for establishing, number one, that it is a musical, but also the tone of the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was kind of weird that they cut that out. Um, I did want to talk about the... the, um, Santa baby musical number stand in. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. I'll tell me. I thought wh- about that. I was like, do you think that they initially wanted to do Santa baby and couldn't afford it? Or do you think that they like wanted to create their own? The whole no, time? I think I, they wanted I to create the, the new one. I, I liked it. Like I could see doing a karaoke of it and being like, where the hell did this come from? But it's a great yeah. like innuendo song. I was distracted. Okay. So they have these <laughs> hunky guys yeah. as background dancers. Did you, maybe this is just me, but the most prominent guy in the background, like right behind her right shoulder, was just the most flamboyant guy. (laughs) It's like, I don't think he's on the market necessarily for whoever's singing this song. (laughs) Yes. Um (laughs) I did not pick that out specifically, but I did notice that the the background dancers were definitely stealing the show. Yeah. I I mean I have a relatively well-tuned gaydar. Like I I went to you know, I I studied music. I'm I was around a lot of creative people and there's a higher mm-hmm. representation, you know, there. Yeah. So it was distracting for me. <laughs> 
I was like, You're like All right, what are you doing there? Who's who are these guys supposed to be attractive to? Um <laughs> little too much like neck extension and you know. Yeah, very very um uh lots of extensions, lots yeah. of um lots of jazz steps. Yeah. <laughs> um let's see some... I liked that one I liked the um there was a the penguin song mm-hmm. I was into um I was into it in just like it's like unabashed like ludicrousness right like I was I was that I was like whenever I saw it I was like okay I know what I'm wearing for Halloween I want this right <laughs> cheap penguin costume that has almost like a hula hoop inside of it that uh-huh. you can just kind of gyrate back and forward to like dance with Right. Um, speaking of the penguins, um, they were a pretty good uh, zombie feature. Like later, you see yeah. them later in the movie as zombies. Um, did you have a favorite kill in the movie? Um, I liked whenever they initially killed the snowman, snowman, yep. um, and then he keeps like making weird noises. Like uh-huh. that made me laugh. Yeah. Where they're like, "What are we doing next?" And they're kind of having this serious conversation, and it keeps cutting to like the head of the, um, <laughs> head of the de- the right. uh, detached head of the snowman. It's still just kind of like, rah, rah. like I yeah. that made me laugh. Yeah, it's a snowman, and then like the head of it is there's like a hole in it, so you can see the zombie face. Um, yeah, that was that was great too. That's probably the only really memorable kill. They kill him with a seesaw, which is great. <laughs> yeah, I I liked I liked the execution of that. I think that the maybe it would have been the movie would have been better served if they had committed more to like the comedy because the comedy kind of as things progressed, the comedy was kind of lost. Like I don't yeah. think that they I can't think of a whole lot of jokes that that continue other than like him remembering the reindeer and then as he's kind of like singing it or kind of, you know, um, reaches out his arm, his arm gets bit. Yeah. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about, um, her friend, John. Right. Um, I thought that because of the nature of this movie that it felt kind of low budget and stuff, which I don't have a problem with, but I think you almost, when things are like kind of low budget like that, it's, it can be endearing to kind of lean into. Right. And so whenever he was like the zombie was beheaded and like still growling and just like, kind of like making its presence known i thought that that was like a fun right like a fun little piece yeah i mean it's pretty important for like the zombie genre to have interesting kills because that's like mm-hmm. what most of the movie is yeah um same thing with like slashers and this like one shawn of the dead where they have the entire scene in the pub uh-huh. where they're like murdering people to the beat of this queen song right yeah, I thought that was very memorable, and I liked that it was funny, but also it was progressing the storyline, and right. there's plenty of death in that movie. But I, I, I like that they kind of kept the comedy in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the death of John was pretty impactful. It's probably the most like dramatic moment in the movie. To where you're like, oh mm-hmm. shit, like they're really yeah, going for it, you know. But it's also kind of, I wish they would have picked a better death for him. Or at yeah. least, like, had it... I mean, it was always going to be arbitrary, but I, I wish it wasn't, like, arbitrary in kind of a lame way, which is like, yeah, I put out my arm, it. or, you know... Someone nibbled been, it. Could have been just, like, a zombie jumping out from the darkness or something, but yeah. it was... I went very quickly from interpreting this as, okay, no one of importance is going to die, because up to that point, they these kind of newbies had pretty quickly fought off the people fought off the zombies in the um bowling alley right because the main character and john work in a bowling alley um and then i love that the bowling alley is called thunderballs i know <laughs> I just do. 
<laughs> I was like, that this seems very British. Like just that, like that would be just what it's called. Right. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and then whenever you end up meeting up with the, like the love interest, the asshole guy, Mm-hmm. Um, and then his kind of posse gets killed off. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, they're only going to kill off like peripheral people. Mm-hmm. But then, um, then John got, got killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, the, the, a tonal shift. And I was okay with it. I was okay with the tonal shift, but I just felt like it was two different movies. It almost felt like two different movies because I felt like comedy was gone at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of committed to, okay, now we're going to be a horror movie like a hundred percent with music yeah. which is interesting um so yeah the the finale is is uh in, in summary yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the finale was like pretty okay it was it was better than you know it was a little more elevated like it's anna versus the headmaster and the headmaster has her father hostage and that can number was pretty good me, can you explain to me why he has the her her dad was it to get her there why is the dad so to set the scene there's a bunch of she's looking in they get to the high school she's looking in the high school for her dad a lot of people have been turned into zombies she ends up finding in like the gym i guess Mm -hmm. um there's like a stage area set up where you would like have a band or well it's where they had the christmas show oh yeah yeah you're right and so um I was confused about why the headmaster in specifically had her dad bound up and then like was uh, staving off uh, a horde of zombies or why the zombies couldn't get on the stage. I don't know. I was a little bit confused about what was happening there. Shut up, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave now. Stop asking these questions. Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I have no idea. Like, it's pretty, pretty arbitrary at that point. It was like, okay, but at least it had, you know, zombies don't do steps, right? Don't do them. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, they, that regardless of how arbitrary that setup was like that last number was pretty good. Um, the headmaster, like being a full evil scientist, you know, crazy. I liked full crazy savage. I was into that. Yeah. Um, and then again, like pretty bittersweet, her father dies and, um, they make it out. Um, and then it's kind of like, what do we do now? And then it ends the movie. So I don't know. Final recommendations. Who do you think would like this? Um, someone who has an empty evening. They just want to watch something. They don't want to watch anything too heavy. Um, and they kind of like musicals. Mm-hmm. It's like not going in for like a, a serious piece. They're not going in to watch The Departed. They don't want that kind of night. They just want want something light and interesting. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think if you if you like kind of the B musicals, where it's like you like the quirky musicals that. Um, I mean, it's it's not even fair to compare it to Rocky Horror Picture Show because Rocky Horror Picture Show has got a lot better music. But yeah. those kind of cult following uh, musicals that are weird, 
you you could you could I could see you possibly enjoying this. Yeah, if you want something quirky and just like light and different, I think yeah. that this fits the bill for that. I it's not going to go. I have a musical playlist that does have Rocky Horror Picture Show even before I saw it. Yeah. Um I actually saw the the Glee Rocky Horror Picture Show episode which I thought was really good actually. Um and so like Rocky Horror Picture Show um uh, what did I cut? We covered this on Nightly Horror Movie Club with the with Audrey too, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh huh. It's not gonna if you're going in expecting that you're not gonna get it. Um, so lower your expectations, and if right. you want something nice and light, I think that this will will entertain you for an evening. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, let's move on to the Rotten Tomatoes game. So in this game. <laughs> Um, let me, hold on just a second. Cool. Uh, I got to bring up my word. This other laptop is covering my dock. Um, okay. How many laptops and computers do you have? I have three computers running right now. (laughs) So one computer that we're talking on, uh, that's one laptop, another laptop for playing drops. And then my desktop is recording us. And has all my it's so funny. notes on. <laughs> Bryce, whenever someone, I don't remember if it was David or someone else, was like, oh, you have really good audio. And they're talking about our podcast. They're like, how do you do it? And we're like, You're, you don't want to know. Because <laughs> it's like literally like GarageBand and like our earphones that we put other earphones on top of to help cancel out the noise. Mm. Because Kate has a very, you, you've um, podcasted with Kate and Kate like right. has a, a very prominent presence. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, Kate on low. Like, <laughs> <laughs> garage band yeah laptop. kate sometimes kate laptop won't load her garage band so like we're really we're really running on on fumes over here well get those patron patreon numbers up you gotta get those you gotta get those numbers up emma and then you can afford more <laughs> yeah. gear it's fun to, it's really exciting getting um patreons just because it's like oh like you like you like you want to pay for, for right. us talk it's kind of it's kind of mind-blowing me, me yeah. sister talk like it's just like a very weird concept <laughs> yeah um yeah it is pretty crazy i i still can i'm still amazed when when people sign up um but yeah, yeah we've been running our, off the one same of our fans told us to and i was like they're like hey why don't you create one and we're like is that like are we is that pretentious like are, are we yeah. like, are we good enough to do that? Right. Um, but so nice. Yeah. Um, we've been running on the same mixer since the beginning, and it's it's worked out pretty well. I think we a lot of people run off of either yeah recording on locally and then sending the stuff off. Um, I just like the aspect of just doing everything live, setting levels live, so you don't have to like nah, combine anything. It seems simpler. Like it seems more straightforward. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Rotten Tomatoes game is where I give you two movies. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And you have to tell me which one has a higher. <laughs> critic score oh, i love it okay yeah and this will be the horror musical themed rotten tomatoes game oh wow okay okay this is not the hardest one that we've ever done um but they're You're being kind to me but we'll see so there will be five rounds so if you want to win quotation marks you'd have to get three right to get more right than wrong oh, okay i'm gonna win first up Representing the A-tier musicals, we have Phantom of the Opera with Gerard Butler and yep. um, Patrick, what's his name, from The Conjuring. The um, only thing I can think of is Bateman, and that was very wrong. No, so. not Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go return my videotapes. Uh, <laughs> I have to return my videotapes. Uh, no, is it Patrick Wilson? That sounds right. Anyways, um, sure. he was he played the Phantom. We love Patrick Wilson. So the, the guy from The Conjuring played the Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera. And then paired up against it is Sweeney Todd. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Which one do I think did better? Which one got the higher critic score on Rotten Tomatoes? Critic so score. how critic scores work, if you don't know, is it's a percentage of which... Um, which movies have a higher like positive sentiment versus negative sentiment. So it's not like the average score from all the critics. It's like whether they give it a good score versus a bad score. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for those two, I'm trying to think. So I feel like, I feel like Phantom of the Opera was like more widely received. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm going to say that Sweeney Todd got a better critic score. You are correct. Sweeney, Sweeney Todd got an 86% on the tomato meter. Phantom of the hey. Opera was rotten at 33%. Really? Really? Ouch. Okay. Yeah, it's so, uh, kind of rough. So did you, first of all, before I, I add my bit, did you like Phantom of the Opera? The movie? Um, It was... Okay. It was see I I had seen it much much later and so I had heard everyone bag on it that it was terrible. It was better than I expected it to be, but it was not as good as it could have been. Um gotcha. the casting same same kind of deal. They cast Gerard Butler as uh, Oh wait, maybe Gerard Butler was the Phantom. Gerard Butler was the Phantom. I do know okay, that. Okay, Patrick have, Wilson have... was Raul then. Um Yeah. So yeah, that's a why would you do that? Like, why would you cast? Yeah, just, like, it's the same level as as Russell Crowe as Javert. It's like it, it, they very much are. Like, I totally feel what you're saying. Like, I have actually. So, I have this um, tendency to. Uh, I'm having to revisit all these things I liked or didn't like as a uh -huh. child because I had two older sisters and a very opinionated mother. <clears throat> one of them, obviously, being Kate, and then we have an older sister um, uh -huh. who's eldest named Sarah. Um, and so I like didn't like um whenever uh Hillary Duff like had her music thing mm -hmm. I was like the the girl in my class who was like I don't like that because because I was I my older sisters didn't like it and so I mm. had like a, a more mature 
Like I had an older person's right. perspective from like wanting to be like my sisters. Um, and we had always listened to similar to Les Mis. We listened to the fan of the opera. We had like a, um, I don't, I guess it was a CD-ROM. I don't know. Uh-huh. It could have even been a tape, honestly. But we had um, Phantom of the Opera like that we would listen to really, really frequently. So I remember my mom being like, oh, they came out with a movie. It was horrible. So I never saw it. Mm. Um, but when I later learned that it was um, Gerard Butler in it, even adult me is like suspect. Yeah. And then thinking of that versus like Sweeney Todd with like Helena Bonham Carter and... Um, Johnny Depp. Thank you, Johnny Depp. I'm yeah, Johnny Depp wasn't a good it. wasn't a good choice either. Like they they always cast like, like the package deal. Those two. <laughs> I know. Well, it's a Tim Burton movie. There, how they could got, you? I was gonna say it's almost a, a, a trio. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I remember Gerard Butler did pretty good. He did better than I thought. But it's one of those things where you have to have such a powerful voice for such a wide range. I mean, that you, it, the, you can't sell it. Uh, as much as if like you're as if you're in the studio and you can hit the notes yeah. long enough like it's not the same as having someone that can really ring it out so well, anyways you would know much better than me but like fan of the opera of many of the musicals i've listened to like that's one of the ones that's like that seems um that's like a singer's sing. that's a singer's musical i mean that's more of like a classical singer's musical because it's not there's no belting in it it's all just straight ahead, um, uh, what do you call it? Mm, I can't remember the Italian name, but but yeah, I mean, they're, that is like a singer's musical. Both the Phantom and Christine are really difficult singing parts. Absolutely. And then compare that to Sweeney Todd where um, there's a lot more, It's I think it's Stephen Sondheim, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. There's a lot more... Um, expose songs were kind of like as you were describing earlier like- yeah sondheim is a lot of patter it's not a lot of i mean i don't remember lots of sondheim songs it's mostly yeah. like lots like of into the woods yeah um oh man i had an into the woods sound drop i don't think i have it here but um <laughs> did you really of what um just into the woods like the beginning of the song okay. because we have i had a couple you would, you probably wouldn't be surprised, but there's a lot of horror movies that take place in the woods, and so there's a couple sound ah, drops that we pulled. I see, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It's bringing two of your loves together. Yeah, there's a there's a whole Norm Macdonald bit that I pull stuff from. I just take a stroll through the scraggly woods, <laughs> and then was it this one? No. Anyways, um. Okay, so we're, uh, next next round. Uh, speaking of Tim Burton, we have The Corpse Bride versus The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh. Those are both him, right? Yep. Guess who's starring in The Corpse Bride? <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll never I guess. Would, does, it rain, does it rhyme with Bonnie Rep? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does, as... <laughs> As it so happens, Johnny what Depp and Helena Bonham Carter are the leads yeah. in a Tim Burton movie. Who would have Who would have guessed? Um, so yeah, Corpse Bride and the Nightmare Before Christmas. I think that. I think that okay. So I'm thinking it through. I think Nightmare Before Christmas has more like standing power. Like I think it's we're going to remember it far longer. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say that. 
Corpse Bride did better. I'm not quite sure why I feel that way, but mm. I'm going to say Corpse Bride did better. You are wrong. No! But it's pretty close. Corpse Bride scored 84. Nightmare Before Christmas scored 95. Damn, that's a really, that's very good. But so maybe I should just gone with my inclination that, yeah. you know, like it has just this, like it was more memorable. That's, oh, it's, that's part of the game, you know? You got to play the game, <laughs> Emma. I'm keeping it interesting. Uh, yeah. Cor- I've never seen Corpse Bride. A lot of these I haven't seen. Um, Corpse Bride, um, if I remember correctly, I think it was a good movie. There was one song in particular that I really liked. I don't remember the name of the song, mm. so I guess I didn't like it that much. But <laughs> I, I, that I did like that was kind of um, a song about uh, how like the Corpse Bride became the Corpse Bride, like how she died and got okay. murdered. Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I never liked it as much as a lot of my peers did. But it's also forever tainted for me because, um, <laughs> so I went to high, one high school my freshman year and then followed like the music program to a new high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music program that happened after I left at the high school that I left, um, was kind of in, in shambles. And this is all to say we were at a jazz choir competition because, you know, mm. that's the kind of nerd I am, um, <laughs> which is all uh, jazz, cho- jazz choir, a high school jazz choir competition is also defined as like the sixth circle of hell. Um, <laughs> Please do tell. Especially when your teacher makes you sit through other high school jazz choirs. It, it just just picture it in your head. A bunch of high schoolers like juniors. You know, juniors and sophomore high school singers, you know, the the majority scatting, scat singing. Nope. I'm just going to, I'm going to nope that real hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, at this jazz choir competition with a lot of like beep booping and, and like, you know, ninth <laughs> chords and, and all this cool jazz kind of singing, this old high school, Columbia River High School music program comes in, not as a, not to compete but to like be a showcase or be like hmm. just like be there to sing in front of people. Yeah. Like we don't want to be judged, but we do want to participate. And they did a like show choir kind of a glee representation of a medley of Nightmare Before Christmas songs. And it was the most awkward thing I've ever seen just so out of place. And so, and like they did like the dancing and I remember one guy was just like dancing like this the whole time. I was like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Since y'all can't see, it's kind of like a, like, uh, it looks like a Native American rain dance. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what it looks like. Uh, Anyways, that, that movie is forever tainted for me because of that. I, I, it's been so long since I've seen it. I remember there was a stage in my life where I was scared to see it because I was young, but like I kind of wanted to watch it, but I was a little nervous. Um, when I got older, because Kate likes the movie, um, I, I was in art class in high school and we had to do like a reverse charcoal where you have just like, it's all charcoal and you like etch in and it reveals kind of like the color behind, like mm-hmm. it reveals like the white behind. And I did a reverse charcoal for Kate of Jack Skellington that like kind of like him over the edge, mm. like like kind of leaning over the edge of a, of a cliff. Mm-hmm. So I have a positive association from, from mm. doing that for Kate. There you go. Okay. Round three, the Rocky horror picture show midnight classic and phantom of the paradise. Phantom of the Paradise? What is that? It's a 70s musical 
um, that's kind of what I understand is an amalgamation of like Phantom of the Opera and I don't know. Let's let's see. And Jimmy Buffett, Buff, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Um, I, the important thing to know is that <laughs> this is this is kind of crazy. Okay, the it's directed by Brian De Palma, which is also already very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's a rock opera that rhapsodizes creativity. Um, let's see. So it's starring Paul Williams. Uh, that might ring a bell if you're into music. I think he's the guy that wrote. Um, uh, I'm googling now. Oh God! What, what what is that song that Kermit sings? It's not easy being green. No, it's uh, he might have wrote that one too, but it's the. Uh, Rainbow Connection. He wrote Rainbow Connection. Oh, um, okay. well, I mean, it's pretty pretty well known. Yeah. Uh, anyways, they. It's kind of a obscure one, but it's directed by Brian De Palma, which is really interesting. Okay, well, don't don't cheat. Don't look up Rotten Tomatoes on it. I'm not cheating. Um, I think that just based off, I mean, I, I don't know if you're, this is like a trick question because I feel like one's like so well known and then, right. So I'm going to say, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Wrong. Are you it, serious? It is Phantom of the Paradise. Oh my God. I, I am on the brink of failure. I, I kind of got to see this movie now. Um, yeah. Like how well was it reviewed? It got an 86%. On Rotten Tomatoes and uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show got seventy nine percent, so Damn. it's pretty close. It's only seven percent away, but yeah, Paul Williams. If you have, if you've never like looked into him, I think there's even a documentary on Paul Williams on Netflix. But he's one of these guys that wrote a ton of recognizable songs that you don't he's even really distinctive looking. Like yeah, I feel like I've seen his face before. Yeah, he's he's been he on Muppet stuff. So yeah, he's he's been on things like he was a very well known person in the seventies. He's got kind of like a big forehead and smaller facial facial features <laughs> right. and like kind of beady eye. It sounds like, oh, now I'm trash again. I don't mean right. Yeah, beady <laughs> eyes, like just... little sharp little teeth. Yeah, um, little fine. <laughs> pointy nose. He kind of looks like a rat. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. He's a real rat face guy. <laughs> very distinctively ratty. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sure he's lovely. I don't. I recognize him, but I did not know um, anything about him. Yeah. Um, okay. Wow, so you got no, you got for these last two. You got one for three, Emma. Oh you gotta do these last two. Okay. Fourth round is. Can, these are kind of both low budget um, horror musicals. So we got Cannibal the Musical. Okay. And Repo the Genetic Opera. Okay, you're going to have to tell me a little bit about both of these so okay. that I can make an educated guess. Cannibal the Musical is um, the first, like it's almost like a student project of um, the guys that did South Park. That oh, do South really? Park. Um, it's like pre-Book of Mormon? Yeah, pre-Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a, If you've never seen it, like it's definitely worth a watch like it's a it's it's good 
in a in a weird kind of way. I will definitely check it out. Repo the Genetic Opera I've never seen, but it's kind of a known B movie musical thing. Okay, I don't I don't really know that much about it. I'm scared, but I'm gonna back um, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, and I'm gonna do um, Cannibal the Musical. Correct, sixty-three okay. percent versus forty percent. So, yeah, I think Cannibal the Musical just barely makes it fresh. I think fresh is over sixty percent. Yeah. Um. Okay. Then we finally we have the last round, which is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Versus Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go... I've not seen Attack of the Tomatoes. Have you? No. Okay. Uh, and I have seen Little Shop of Horrors, and I feel like it's quite good and mm-hmm. well cast. And I feel like it would be well-received critically, just like given the cast and the songs, I feel like are pretty well-developed. Um, and it's had such standing power. You're going to break my heart if I'm wrong, because I, not only will I get this question wrong, but I will also lose. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Little Shop of Horrors. You got it right. Yeah. Ah, good. Little Shop of Horrors blew it away. Kill, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes got 27%. Oh, it's like a B movie, really corny. You have to like, from what I understand, you got to really buy into like, okay, this is a shitty movie that you can enjoy watching. Maybe a good drinking game movie. Yeah. And then Little Shop of Horrors, which is like just, I mean, it's one of the best small musicals of like all time. It? I just I just rewatched it like a couple weeks ago, to be honest. I almost did this episode as Little Shop of Horrors. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. I, I agree. Like, it's perfectly cast. Like, there's no person in there that doesn't belong. Like, um. I mean, that's one of the things you look at. We, we've talked a lot about these musicals of miscast singers to cast, you know, famous people in it. Mm-hmm. And Little Shop of Horrors is an example of they had a good, well-known cast, but they didn't cast anyone super well-known that had a f- super important vocal part. So Rick Moranis, like the the character that he plays is kind of mousy and doesn't yeah. really need a powerful voice. And uh, Steve Martin is a good singer and and he was cast as the dentist and yeah, yeah, they're all, they're all great, man. That, that music really stands up, especially the, um, what's it called? The plant. You know, all, all the Uh, stuff. Yeah. All the stuff with Audrey too is fantastic. And I found out that that, that that guy that voiced the singing part for that was, um, like the lead singer of the Four Tops, which I never realized. Yes, which um, Kate, like I found that out because Kate and I covered Little Shop of Horrors, and I, um, like I was, it made so much sense that he was with the Four Tops. Like I didn't know that previously mm-hmm. either. And then just to bring back that one episode from Buffy, there was a character kind of similar. Like there was a monster who uh-huh. had like a or like a demon who had a very similar style. Uh-huh. And I, at the time that I watched that episode, I hadn't seen Little Shop of Horrors. And then when I watched Little Shop of Horrors, I was like, "Oh, that's what that's what they're that's what the inspiration was from." Right. I like I love all the songs with Tui. Kate and I actually disagreed on every like we did a, a bit where we did like her favorite songs and my favorite songs and her least favorite and my least favorite, and we were opposite on all of them. So I'm really curious to know what your favorite songs from that were. See if you're a Kate or an Emma. Um. Okay. So 
my favorite songs were pretty much most of Ellen Green's songs. So that was like Suddenly Seymour and Somewhere That's Green. Are, so you're a Kate. <laughs> I mean, those are fantastic. I mean, there's so many good songs, though. But, um, yeah, the I'm trying to remember all the songs. Pretty much anything that Audrey 2 sings is fantastic. Yeah, like that, I was just such a sucker for Audrey 2. I loved Grow For Me, which is like whenever he's first like getting Rick and Mar- trying to convince Rick Moranis yeah. to feed him someone. And yeah. then The Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, which I think got nominated for an Oscar, actually. Yeah. Um, I just like, I ate that up. And then uh, Steve Martin's number I loved as a dentist. Song. And then Bill, like, um, Bill Murray in there as like the sort of massive yes. mystic. <laughs> Who's not giving Steve Martin anything of what is what he wants, which is to torture people right. because he's a masochist yeah. and is like really into it. I just like I don't know. It was that I think was a, a comedy musical horror that like did such a good job throughout of just being consistently entertaining. Yeah, I don't know if David has seen this, but I feel like he would do pretty good. I, I think he would. I think he would. I think he, would, like I think he might actually like Little Shop of Horrors. Maybe uh, let, let's let, let's. Um, bait him into musicals. Let's yeah. start with Little Shop of Horrors, then maybe Rocky Horror, which Rocky Horror is a little bit weird. Like I'm sure he's seen it. I, I know he's seen Rocky Horror. I right. think you guys have started almost convinced him because you've noted all the like horror musicals, <laughs> like based yeah. off horror movies. So like, like American Psycho, American Psycho, um, Beetlejuice is his favorite movie. Yeah. Like that might be one that he likes. I didn't realize that was his favorite, one of his favorite movies. Yeah. We have a brother who's like obsessed with the, like he he I remember he used to play on Sims and he would create Sim houses <laughs> that were like black and white like, like Beetlejuice and then he became an interior designer and I was like is this because you liked Beetlejuice and he's like yes like yeah. unapologetically unapologetically <laughs> right. yes I know it's I, I love how that he happens sometimes sculptures in his house when he oh when that's he awesome home. yeah David's got a bunch of like commissioned artwork based on Beetlejuice stuff really like he good. showed Kate on when she was on. Um, that might've been in the afterpod. Did uh, the one thing that I, <laughs> when I rewatched uh little shop of horrors, did you realize that the first customer that's like that I looked in your shop window and that's the most amazing <laughs> plant. Yeah. I love that guy. I love that guy. Do you know who that was? No, that was Christopher guest. Oh, really? Yeah. Almost unrecognizable. Know. Like I, I, it was really hard to see. Christopher that Guest in there. That was the moment when I knew I was going to like the movie because, like, that humor just hit right. so well with me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean that. That's such a a great musical. I mean, it's got Alan Menken, and uh, who did the was Alan He's Menken? He's done and, a whole bunch of Disney stuff. Yeah, it was him, and I think I think the guy's name was Tim Rice. Who yeah, who Tim Rice is the okay. He so Alan Menken, like, I can't remember which one is the lyricist and which one is the is the composer, but the, that pairing is mm-hmm. like legendary. That's, yeah. that's just one of those that anything that they do is going to be fantastic. And Frank yeah. Oz is the director. Anyways, enough about a uh, little shop of words, which we did not cover. So. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to do that later. Um, yes. now let's move on to, uh, horror movie. Whores. Whores. Um, this is our, voicemail bit where we check voicemails from listeners um 
So you'll probably get introduced to some of the regulars. We got a lot of voicemails, actually. This might take a while. Ooh. Hey, it's Elizabeth. Um, I was just listening to the Purge podcast um, again. I only listened to like half of it last week, but um, I just wanted to give my two cents. Somebody called about like if they are asking if horror fans were the biggest bunch of crybabies. Um, and while I would say uh, some of us, yes, <laughs> but... For me, I think the biggest crybabies, it's like they're tied neck and neck. I would say, like, Metallica fans and, like, football <laughs> fans because, you know, you wear a Metallica shirt, you like a couple songs, God forbid you can't name, like, album names, entire album songs. People freak out. They are super, super angry. And it's like, bro, like, I like them. I don't need to know everything about them. And same with football fans, like... I'm sorry that I can't name every single person on the team, uh, but, you know, I just happen to like that team. So, I don't know. I think those two, for me, are the biggest crybabies of any uh, cult following of anything. Uh, let me know if you guys agree, but I don't know. I feel like you probably will. So, yeah, that's all I got. See ya. I love how she phrased it, crybabies. Usually, like, the context that we're talking about here is we talk about Halloween fans a lot to where <laughs> I don't know if you've experienced this. But we watched yeah. Halloween and we gave it like a good score. I think we gave it like an eight out of 10 or something like that. This so offended every Halloween, like hardcore Halloween fans just like came out of the woodwork and like just reamed us that we didn't give it a 10 out of 10 because it's the best horror movie of all time. And they, yeah. and they just can't, they're, they're crazy. <laughs> like th that yeah. fan base is the craziest horror fan base. And so I would tend to agree. Um, B.E. or before Emma on Nightlight Horror Movie Club, when Chris and Kate covered Halloween, um, they were very new podcasts. They, you know, they're still getting their, like, very first, like, comments and reviews and engagement. And somebody came out of the woodwork and was so pissed mm. that Kate, because Kate and Nick, I mean, not Kate and Nick, Nick's Kate's fiance, but Kate and Chris gave it, like, an overtly negative review, I mm. think. Like, they, like whenever they, we do a thing where we rank them. Like, we rank all the ones we've ever seen, and they ranked it pretty low. Yeah. And they were getting, like, bullied by somebody about, like, how – and I think they got, like, a like our we have predominantly good reviews, and there's one really negative review that is from the guy who hated, yeah. <laughs> hated their coverage of Halloween. And even when he was telling he's like, and I gave you a shitty review. Like, so he was, like, taking ownership of it. Like, was so pissed. Yeah, that's, that's uh, consistent with our experience. Um, yeah, it's a good observation. Yeah, it's a good observation. Like, uh, football fans, Metallica fans, I don't have firsthand knowledge of that, but yeah, there's, there's several like kind of gatekeepy, super protective, you know, fan clubs out there. And, and those are definitely yeah. among them. I mean, I went to, uh, so I'm from Mississippi originally. Um, I grew up in Mississippi and then I went to college elsewhere and then came back to Alabama for medical school. And I realized, I thought, okay, like I'm going back to the SEC. Like, I like I know what football culture is like. Like, mm -hmm. I grew up with it, mm -hmm. and it Alabama is its own bat ball of wax. Like, I cannot yeah. even begin to describe. Like, the way I ended up bonding with patients, like a lot of the times, was you'd go in a room and you'd see like like Alabama sweatpants, uh -huh. or you'd see like like an Auburn that you had to make a, di a different like a differential, like decide between the two teams, and you'd be like roll tide and like get a reaction and then like gain their favoritism from that. Or you'd be like, 
go War Eagles, you know, fuck Alabama or like whatever the doctors speak for that. <laughs> like it was such a thing. I was shocked. Wow. Yeah. I, I have, Thematic. I have friends that are like really, really into sports and I'm just not at all. And I just watch them and it's almost like a, my approach is almost as like an anthropologist. I'm like, I don't, you're like self-esteem and your happiness is based on some guys playing a game. Like, uh, okay. I want right, to know it good well on enough. You, dude. I want to know it well enough to do. Well, there's something I, I can admire. Like that. I'm like, wow, that you're getting so much enjoyment from that. Maybe I should right. be into it. Right. But mainly I just want the level of competence to be able to like play fantasy football intelligently mm. Because I like this whole bracketing, like, oh, my player's out this week. Like, I right. like that vibe. Yeah. And I've done it, but I've done it for, like, Bachelor. <laughs> the Bachelor, you, you can make, like, Bachelor <laughs> brackets at the very beginning. You, you, like, whoever you're watching it with or whoever's also watching it, you decide, okay, I'm picking these players. I think they're going to go this far. And you get points based on things that happen in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been my iteration of uh, football, fantas- or football um, fanaticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have no care. I'm like, nah. It's it's kind of like learning how to fix cars. At this point, it's like I'm al- I'm almost forty. Like I don't give a fuck. Like I'll let someone else yeah. ha- handle that shit. <laughs> I totally I totally feel that. Okay, next caller. CJ from Massachusetts. Hey, so I got a question for the both of you. Tell me what your perfect car movie would be. I want both of you to separately create your own perfect horror movie. Oh. Who or what would be your protagonist? What is their backstory? The character doesn't necessarily need to be human. Give me a setting. <laughs> the antagonist and the antagonist backstory. Whatever challenges the protagonist homework. is going to face, any goals that they have, opposingly, Tell me what the antagonist would do in order to counteract the goals of the protagonist. And lastly, the outcome of the story. Hmm. A rough template. Just give me a rough template. It's all I want because I'm curious. Bryce, I know you like religious horror. David, I know you're maybe more of a monster movie kind of guy. So, yeah. All right, guys. Talk to you later. All right, CJ. Don't put words into our mouths. You don't know us. <laughs> CJ's like, I have an assignment that is due mm-hmm. next Monday for my writing class. Can you give me an entire horror movie that I can submit? Lot of lot of assumptions on what our favorites are. Okay, mine would be religious based. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, thinking about it, like in 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 short form, I would love. Okay, this is almost already done, but it would be an adaptation. So I would do the Faust story, but um, Randy Newman has an entire musical on based on Faust. He's, he's got like his own Faust musical that bombed, like it was not successful at all. Um, but I've listened to the soundtrack and it's kind of... <laughs> Kind of amazing. It has some of his best songs on it. It's got one of my favorite songs of his, which is uh, Feels Like Home. Um, mm. But that story is so ripe for like a 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kind of comedy, horror, musical um, that I, and I just love that any portrayal of Satan, um, just so you can do so many interesting things with it. I'm a little biased right now because we've been talking about musicals a lot, but that's one that pops to mind, like do an adaptation of Randy Newman's Faust. I, I so it's this musical that no one even, yeah, I never knew existed. Yeah. And you look at, they did like, like a, um, like just a stage, um, kind of a staged album of it that wasn't mm-hmm. like the actual full-on musical, but they did like a performance where, you know, it's like the Les Miserables thing where they just stand in front of the microphone and, and sing it in yeah. costume. And the cast was, let's see, um, Don Henley was the protagonist. Oh, wow. And... God was portrayed by James Taylor, which is fucking fantastic. Yeah, it sounds like he just like recruited some old friends and said, "Hey, do you want to do a musical together?" Yeah, James, Ta- th- those songs with James Taylor as God are like those are God tier songs. Like those are such great satire; it's just fantastic. And then um, the devil is played by Randy Newman, and then one of the main women leads is played by Bonnie Raitt. It's just wow. got this fantastic cast. You're like, where the yeah, hell did this amazing. come from? Anyways, that's that's my you answer. Re- you want to do your own adaptation that has some of the some of the heart and inspiration for maybe what Randy Newman did, but more successful. I would steal some of the songs, um, but I would improve like the story. He could be like on your. He could be like a producer. For right. It. Right. Um, so, what's your answer? What would be your ideal horror oh, movie? God. Um, so I, my, <laughs> this is a tricky question for someone who, who has a, a complex relationship with horror movies. <laughs> it wouldn't be a horror, no, just kidding. Um, I think I would do some sort of, I, so I don't know fully what it would look like, but I want it to be very character driven. I want it to have the, the constant where you're questioning yourself or you're feeling maybe a little bit gaslit or I want it to be psychological thrillery. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a, I want a movie that borders between psychological thriller and horror kind of the way um, Cloverfield Lane does. Okay. So I don't know exactly what that would look like. I think it would have a female protagonist just because I feel like I could develop that the best. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, I have to lean on podcasts to teach me about how men think. So I think a female protagonist. I don't know exactly what would happen. I like. I think there would maybe be like a um, something that would bring it more towards horror and away from psychological thriller would be some sort of like supernatural component to it. Mm-hmm. Like be that like werewolves or vampires or something like that. But I want it to be one of those movies where you're not quite sure who to trust as you're going mm-hmm. through the movie. What did you think of the others? That's a pretty good almost like a synopsis of the others. I've not seen the others. You should go watch the others. 
Okay. They I don't have vampires or werewolves or anything, but but uh. Is it like is it um, uh, psychologically? Yeah, I would am say I so. It? Am I going to ruin something for myself if I Google it? Um. Yeah, I, I would go. Them. I would go into a blind. It's okay, good enough. But I'm not even gonna. Okay. I'm I mean, there's a little bit of psychological to where it's like, uh, there's a question of whether stuff is like haunted or whether she's just kind of going insane kind of thing. I love that. Um, Give me some Shutter Island vibes. Yeah. It's right around there. Um, okay. Next caller. <sighs> oh, shit. <laughs> this is roll from fucking Bronx again. I'm getting ready for work here. I was uh, listening to this creep podcast, and I'm only just like uh, two minutes in, and it's already fucking terrible. This, uh, you guys gotta stop uh, pussing up and getting these lame ass guests on the fucking show. It's weak <laughs> as hell. These fucking who? What's this person's name? Fucking Casper's boring as fuck. You just getting hot chicks on there because you think these fucking boring ass listeners are gonna listen because you got a hot chick on there, man. Fuck this show. Also, why don't you have Bugsy Siegel on there, uh, one of the original fun guys that calls into the whole movie talk horse? What else do I got to say here? I canceled my fucking Patreon because I was so pissed off by the content and also because I'm trying to save my money so I can move out of the fucking Bronx. Anyway, do better. (laughs) Do you feel attacked? I don't know where to start with that. Yeah. Is that your introduction to Rojo from the Bronx? Is that your first hearing from Rojo? Rojo is a regular uh, caller. Rojo, what? What it's, a spirit he yeah, has. He's, uh, he's got a strong personality. He's bearing the lead there. He's saying he wants to move away from the Bronx. That's that's kind of your thing, Rojo. I don't know if that's a good idea. Um, then you'll just be Rojo. <clears throat> Okay, so listen, Rojo. We we want many different opinions, and uh, if you don't like our guests, then that's fine. But we do. We like our guests, and and uh, they're interesting people. And well, obviously, we love Nightlight Horror Club because it's actually a great podcast. And uh, if you don't like them, I don't understand why you like us. It's pretty similar. Um. Yeah, check us out, Rojo. Casper is a little more uh, exploitative. I get it, but uh, she's also really interesting and has like a really cool, really cool stuff to say um, about stuff. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know, Rojo. I don't, I just don't agree with you there. And uh, if you if you disagree, you know, you can get your own podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, I think this one might also be from Rojo. I kind of hope it Jesus is. Christ, that is all for the motherfucking <laughs> box again. I'm in this, uh, this Queep podcast, not pasta cast. <laughs> I'm in this Queep podcast. I'm only four minutes in, and holy shit, now you're talking about the fucking tattoos on this broad's fingers? Well, what are we doing on this podcast? What is this podcast even about anymore? Jesus Christ, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through. I'm only four minutes in. And I already hate the fucking thing. I, 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 I'm just at a loss for words. Uh, I, I'm at a loss for words with how how shitty this thing is going here. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I really lo- I really love you guys. 
you know, David Day. I don't know about you anymore. Uh, uh, Bruce Hampton, you're pretty, you're pretty swell. I'm just hoping that you pull through it and, and you save the rest of this fucking creep podcast whenever this broad babbles about something that's uninteresting that she thinks is interesting. All right, guys, uh, fucking tattoo your fingers. Tattoo dicks on your fingers. <laughs> Not a fan of our last uh, podcast with uh, Casper. You know, I, I did, I did suspect that just from some context clues mm. and what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a good, I'm a good uh, reader of people that way. <laughs> right. He's uh, wears it on his sleeve. So I mean, uh, we appreciate the feedback. You know, I we always love hearing whether people like or dislike whatever. So Rojo, you are heard. You are you're seen. Get one every two minutes. For we, the, I don't know how long creep was, but you've got some more minutes coming. <laughs> she was great on the afterpod. Like, um, yeah, Rojo, if you if you canceled your Patreon, you're missing out. That was a really great afterpod. Um, okay, next one. Hey, what's up, fellas? This is your buddy John from Virginia. I just listened to your Forever Purge episode, and I felt compelled to call because I'm furious. Not with you guys, but with the ass clown who left you a one-star review and spoke condescendingly regarding your doctorate and PhD. I'll have that douchebag know that I myself obtained my MD with a specialization in horror movie injuries with a specific focus on sprained ankles, skinned knees, and gruesome stab wounds from the prestigious Hollywood Upstairs Medical College. And I'll have him further know that this is the same school from which the world-renowned surgeon Dr. Nick Riviera obtained his degree. So from another working professional in the horror genre, let me say, go fuck yourself and take your pansy-ass one-star review with you. Good day. I love it. Can I just tell you I love that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about this one-star review where they're like, you guys say that you're experts and you don't even know these basic facts about whatever. It's like, okay. You need to, everyone Do you needs not to... understand irony here? Like, we're not serious. We don't actually have PhDs in spookology. They don't like, actually give those. I'll yeah. have you know. Um, so you're an MD, right? Do you have a specialization in horror movie injuries? You know, I, I considered getting one in that, but I think I'll probably end up doing internal medicine. Okay. So it's between the two. Well, there you go. I mean, there's some crossover. I'm sure you're going to deal with sprained angles. Uh, some of them is horror. I, I, we had like a post for... Um, for Freaky Friday uh, yesterday, we had a post for um, like scariest horror scenes, uh-huh. and someone was talking. <laughs> one of the commenters said that their scariest horror scene was <laughs> in science class. They had a, a birth scene, but then something happened with the tape, and so it <laughs> went into reverse. <laughs> it was reverse. <laughs> it was a reversing birth scene. Which is amazing. And then I was, it just had me thinking about, like, I was thinking about horror movies, and I was just thinking about all of, like, the really upsetting things I've seen at the hospital. And I was like, <laughs> maybe those are my horror scenes. Oh, man. I We have a, another female fan named Glittercore, and she's a, I think she's a PA. Yeah. Um, it's, no, it's, is PA the one that, like, can actually basically treat people on their own yeah. um, have their own MPs practice both can yeah. yeah can can have their own stuff um and she is <laughs> i mean oh god you'll have to you'll have to tune in on when whenever we get the video set up because she sent us a 
a thing for our third anniversary and it's the most disturbing like trophy that she handmade but she's got a lot of like great stories and she does not shy away from like the gruesome and like extreme stuff i mean she was uh asking if we knew about what's that saw that's like just the string that you go like you just like zip off and that's used to like um oh um, I can't remember what it's called, but um, Optho uses it. Uh, not Optho, not for the eyes. <laughs> not for the eyes. Ortho, I feel like. Ortho, yeah. Um, like bone doctors, I think, use it. Yeah. And it's like very sharp and does a very good job. Yeah. But she, it's kind of, it's kind of, it seems very brutish when you think about it. Like it's almost like you have piano wire. Yeah. It's crazy. She, she sent over a video of like, this is what it looks like. And David was not into it. But, you know, I'm like. <laughs> I eat that shit up. Uh, th- that's you where can saw it's... off legs and stuff with it. Yeah. Well, I know because I saw it. It was fucking <laughs> amazing. It was yeah. like, and it was shocking at how quick it went. It was like, okay, your legs yeah, off now. It's, that's it's, it. It's pretty insane. Like the entire thigh and bone just gone within like less than a minute. <sighs> Anyways, um, do you have any great medical stories of just? fucking disturbing stuff that's come across your i mean i like the the thing i feel like the things that i remember are like just kind of like sad like Uh we've had i've had whenever i worked in um in the ed like we had like there was a woman who came in and she was it's not horrifying but it was just like very jarring she came in and like i went to go see her and she was like she's like i'm i'm here to be put down and I was like, we don't do that here. And she's like, oh, okay. I'm so sorry I'm here. And then she got up to leave. I was like, no, ma'am, please, like, sit down. Like, no, like let's talk through that. Like, Jeez. I'm not, I'm not killing you. Like, let's just talk this out. <coughs> um, and then there'll be people, like, who frequently, like, are it, be it in the ED or elsewhere who are, like, threatening to, like, kill the nurses and the doctor. I mean, not frequently, but it, it's definitely right. a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, and then it's just, like, like gunshot wounds and stuff like that from the Oof. ED. And then um, – people like the the funny thing in 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 like the when you're on the floor because i'm doing like hospital like right now i'm in training in hospital medicine and then uh-huh. i want to do um pulmonary and critical care which would be like in the icu uh-huh. icu is just like wild because the things that people can survive is wild and also just like I don't know. Like it's it, that whole process of kind of teetering between life and death is just really intense. But like yeah. people in the when you're on the like the re, one of the reasons I like ICU is because everyone takes you seriously. Mm. Like because people are sick. It sounds like sad and it is sad. But like people are very sick, so they're you, it's easier to have honest conversations. Whenever you're on the hospital floor, sometimes you'll like have a COPD patient who's like, I need. Like, can I leave to go take a smoke break? I'm like, no. <laughs> Like you're here because your lungs don't work because you smoke. You cannot right. go take a smoke break. Or like yeah. we had someone who overdosed because like they did cocaine in their hospital room and we're just like people get it together. Ugh. Like, come on, guys. Jeez. I think like part of the hard thing about medicine is just like sometimes it just feels like you feel like you're a little bit in a in a nut house, like yeah. on all fours at the hospital. Well, yeah. So sometimes like, you, you kinda are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean sometimes you're really like like one thing that that was odd was whenever I was doing my um, medical school clerkship, I was rotating through psychology um, or psychiatry. And so whenever they would have us go to the psych ward and the psych ward, like is just like an open, like it has all these locks and stuff to get into it. But once you're in it, it's just like people like wandering around like, mm-hmm. the psyche. Event. 
Like people right. aren't in their rooms really. And that was weird because then people would just like yell things at you or like uh-huh. try to like start conversations. With you. It was just odd that like there were all these locks to keep them out. But like then you're in there and you're like, is it chill that I'm in here? And other yeah. people would say like, oh yeah, I saw someone tackle someone in there. And you're like, do I need to be concerned about that? Like, It was not my vibe. My brother-in-law, before he became a state trooper, he worked security at a hospital. And yeah, I mean, they... I don't envy that job. The stories of just like having to tackle people and having like these hoods that they would put over their head so they didn't spit on them. And then what they would do is just like uh, get it saturated in their mouth. And then so they could just blow aerated spit through it. It's like, geez, these guys are like professional crazy people. And you have to deal with them. It's like one of those. It's one of those things where it's like, this is a horrible a horrible um like uh indictment of america that we have like no kind of support for mental health like at all where it's like well we know that the the state hospitals for for like mentally ill people like well those were terrible conditions so we had to stop doing those um and then offered no replacement. So now it's like the now hospitals it, are, are left yeah, to take care it, of it. It's it's like if you like we have frequently um I so my, our oldest sister is also in med is also in human medicine, because Kate's a vet. Um and she works in the E D. Um and so she has more expertise than the was with this than I do. But as a medical student I did some, spent some time in the E D and it was really tough when you would get those patients who uh, like not to be a bummer, but who like came in because like they would come up with like kind of a bullshit like symptom. Right. They like knew which symptom they knew what to say to to get past triage to get evaluated, but they were just there because it was cold outside. Like, yeah. And that was like a real thing. Yeah. Or there'd be people who had like psychiatric issues, and like it's the hospitals are so full that it would just because you have expressed suicidal ideation doesn't mean you're going to get admitted to the hospital because there yeah. are people who have like intent and plan and yeah. you have to save beds for those people. So it's just like, I agree with you. There's, there is definitely a big gap in the mental health yeah. and our coverage of mental health in America. Yeah. Sorry, and that's, it's, it's also like the reason why that's, there's such a homeless problem. I don't know what it's like around you are, but like Portland, it's real depressing driving around. Cause yeah. it's literally every, okay. Enough of this heavy stuff. What's the weirdest thing that you pulled out of a butt? Weirdest thing I've pulled out of a butt. Um, light bulbs in a butt. That has been a... <laughs> Hole? God, I hope so. <laughs> I didn't see them. Like, I saw the x-ray of it. I didn't see them remove it. I don't know if they had to break it to get it out or like... Which, because that could be also be a very big problem. Whew. But people will shove things... People will shove things in their, like, urethra, like, in their penis. Uh-huh. Like... <laughs> I'm shuddering right now. <laughs> You spelled it S H U D D E R dot com. <laughs> Sponsor this story. Um, yeah, like people people do some some odd 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 things. Yeah. Okay, two more callers. Hey, this is uh, Will from the Bronx again. After attempting uh, to get through that creep podcast, I was riding with uh, with Big Hefty over to work today and uh, he picked me up in the Venice truck and uh, we were listening to it together and I asked him I asked him if I could uh, if we could have a dumb sub relationship you know 
I really want someone to pay my bills and and to, to feed me because I'm tired of working. Um, he said no because I'm not a attractive, slutty female, so that's not gonna work out. Um, aside from that, big ups to Bugsy Siegel. Uh, like this show. Love you guys. More I from think Rojo. this gentleman might need to reevaluate his relationship to women. I think that might be a, a thing. Really? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, go a check lot of out it... our podcast. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was talking mostly. I, I don't. I don't think he was talking about you guys ever in, in those voicemails. But he was talking about the Creep podcast, which had Casper and mm-hmm. our introduction to her. I think she was actually a patron for a little while. But one of our episodes. We were befuddled by the entire S and M deal. Like, what, what, what do people get out of that? Like, and my my thing, and this is mostly from a Norm Macdonald bit, is like, like who wants to be the masochist? Like, I understand the sadist. Like, <laughs> if, if you were to choose which one to be, get like, you, energy, you sure, would want to but... be the sadist, right? I mean, who wants to be the mask? And she explained the entire dynamic behind it and it was was interesting so she was she's our expert on sub relationships and stuff okay last i haven't i haven't listened to that particular episode yet but i will because i'm curious i'd like to know kind of what goes on behind that oh yeah you should definitely it's it's really interesting i mean it's like a it's all about power and trust so like just the amount of trust that you have for someone to be in that kind of situation and that creates a lot of intimacy and, and, uh, um, yeah, th- that kind I of stuff. I can see it. Um, oh, also the thing that was really, um, uh, really piqued our interest for, for me and David was that, um, just being a sub, like they're just in control of sex. They just like, they just do all of it. You can just like, yeah receive it that sounds nice uh, yeah i guess <laughs> guess that's true yeah they're in control it's the missionary position right <laughs> it's like all right i can just lay there that'd be fun um okay last one hey it's michael uh i was wondering if y'all had a preference on going to the movies or staying at home and watching a movie and uh those stickers you guys sent are fucking amazing i love that scream one pretty clever and uh bye thanks michael yeah um if you join our patreon you'll get some stickers at i think it starts at the five dollar level but also you can can get them on our shop if you're interested and yeah they're most of them are designed by dustin and and they're amazing um my preference is definitely theaters like i i really missed going to the theater in the last year it's just an experience that I like, you know, sitting, there's not a lot of people in the theaters anymore, but, um, especially for horror movies, it's, it adds an element to, to watch it as a group. How about you, Emma? Um, I agree. Um, our family, that was kind of our thing that we did together was on weekends. We would, we would drive down and go to the movies together and go to Barnes and Noble. Um, and then more recently I hadn't gone for a while, like with the pandemic and everything. Um, I went, um, Kate, uh, my sister slash the co-host for our podcast. Um, she did this really kind thing where 
for her fiance's birthday, she rented out a, one of the Alamo Draft House um, oh, cool. theaters. That's awesome. Yeah, and then and one of his favorite movies is The Thing. So they, she, all of like his friends came and like we got like drinks and food because they like sell that stuff at Alamo Draft House. And we all watched like the thing together and we made a drinking game of like every explosion or and, like a couple <laughs> of other things. And it was just like a really good time. And it made me miss what like movie watch nights and going to the movies yeah. and gr- watching movies as not just a one and two person thing, but as a group activity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was horror movie. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, Emma, why don't you, you plug your show? We've talked about it, but give us the formal plug of where we can find you. Sure. So, uh, the podcast that Kate and I do as kind of a sister podcast is uh, nightlight horror movie club. You can find that on Facebook, on Instagram. We have a website, but it's kind of in development. So the easiest way to find that is just going to our, either our Facebook or Instagram um, and looking in our, we have a link in the, um, the bio. So go check those out. We have regular content every week. We have some form of content coming out on Wednesdays. Either we alternate between a full coverage of a full episode. And in between that, we do many episodes where we cover things as random as ectoplasm. Whenever I have a say, sometimes we'll cover serial killers mm-hmm. <laughs> just in part, just to freak Kate out. So does but, Kate just um, hate that stuff? Like I, yeah, I was surprised that she just like hates that and you hate to be scared. Yeah, for some reason it freaks her out. I don't know why, like, I have this, like, fixation with true crime, but I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that doesn't freak me out. Like, it almost feels like like the devil you know kind of thing mm. versus horror movies. There's always something new and different, which is the beauty of them, but it's also mm-hmm. um, you don't know what you're walking into. So right. I think that's kind of where we diverge a little bit. She doesn't like the idea that those people have existed. Yeah, and do exist. Candy to exist. Yeah, I mean, at least at least you uh, learn about it and get some fair warning. It's like if you have exactly. a if you have a close friend that likes killing animals, maybe uh, end that relationship and you know yeah. stay stay away from him. Maybe put him on a watch list. Yeah, put him. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I I'll just again say that that you guys' podcast is great, and I think um, uh, any anyone that likes our podcast should should like that. And I know we've had several listeners that have thanked us for introducing them to you That's and awesome. uh, hope that that continues. Um, want to thank our patrons, um, especially our new patrons. We got Glenn S, Michael G, Rosmi and Ann, Anna D that just joined this month. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like it really, I can't underline enough how much that helps us out. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention, um, someone on our Instagram because they asked us to mention them and this is just too too much of a uh, bribery for me to give up but um, user Bexy666 asked us you know maybe you could mention my awesome horror collection loyalty to the podcast and just sheer awesomeness on Wednesday I've recruited quite a few listeners over here in the UK and we're all planning on becoming patrons soon so off to work now have a great day um yeah, so I'm calling your bluff, Bexy. I'm expecting an entire group of friends to be patrons now. Like she, yeah, actually, we were discussing on on our uh, Instagram, and she has, among other listeners, has a fantastic 
array of like uh horror collectibles and, and dvds nice. just a full nice. shelf full with a bunch of pop co- uh what is it pop dolls funko that's what it's called funko dolls and yeah so Dude. thanks bex for for listening um expect the you know at least a dozen people to join our patron now patreon now make good on your promise yeah, <laughs> um you did your part um, and she's a good example to the rest of you listeners. Share this podcast with a friend. That's how we grow. Um, and go visit HorrorMovieTalk.com. Get to see old episodes and, and find all the links to all the things we talk about. Um, thanks for our sponsors. Thanks to Dustin. Thanks to Emma for joining us. We will yeah. see you next time. If you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Bye-bye. Maybe. Bye. <laughs> Here we go. This will be this will be a little long. This is Bugsy's ode to horror movie talk, and it's about four minutes. So if you want to go get a drink or something before the after pod, I was actually I, I'm going to run to the restaurant. Okay, go for it. it. Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted cast, skinny and fat? Look no further. Horror movie talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pops done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner, rum, sin kiss. Bryce Hansen, look at them hot kids, Chris Henson. Masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist. Face huggers, chest bursters, alien. Linda Blair peed on Sigourney Weaver. I know it's true, cause it came from social media. Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy. Bad gastritis, knee colostomy. Turn Patreons into human centipedes. David Doobie Day, scare no, no expert. A global fucks hard, professional sex expert. After pods, taglines, and porno flicks. American Psycho, them guys pretty sick. Chopper chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pops done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner, rubs nothing good. In the woods, always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle, machines tickle bitties. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and organs. Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona, Green River Killer, because reasons. Hallway of poop monster kids screaming. Interordinary dingleberry itinerary. 30 days shudder and jump scares ain't fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. 
Hold on, they don't like Halloween. Fuck them.